Welcome to the Strength Empire podcast, where we will cover all things strength sports, whether it's powerlifting, weightlifting, strongman, or the Highland Games. Before we begin, please make sure to follow us on social media, at Strength Empire Podcast and at Strength Empire Gym. Also, if you'd like more information from us, you can find it at strengthempiregym.com, as well as checking out the Strength Empire TV YouTube page for footage on training, throwing, nutrition, and meal prep, and technique breakdown, etc. The last thing I'd like to ask you to do is to make sure you leave a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform when you finish this episode, and if you could share it with your friends, that'd be awesome as well. So please enjoy episode one, season one of the Strength Empire podcast with Garrett Blatnick. Welcome to the first official episode of the Strength Empire Podcast. This is your host, Justin Blatnick, and today with me, I couldn't have thought of a better first guest to interview, uh, my brother, Garrett Blatnick. Garrett, welcome, and thanks for being on here, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so, you know, I I did a quick intro, I guess episode you'd call it. It was like 10 minutes, 12 minutes long, that I'm going to release before this, basically talking about why I started the podcast and why, you know, who I want to interview and what I want to get out of these. And you literally fit the perfect mold for me. And it just happens to really work that you're my brother. And that my first season that I'm going to do, since I'm going to do a seasonal format, is going to be a crossover strength athlete you know, type person. Somebody who embodies strength athlete who competes in multiple aspects of strength sports. So I know your background, and we'll get into that in a second. But you know, this is kind of where I want to kind of go through kind of your history of being a strength athlete. So... Kind of where and how did you get your true start in strength sports? What got you into training, you know, back when? And I don't, I know a lot of these answers, but I wanted to ask you like I don't know them. No, no, it's funny that you're trying to ask me. It's, about ho- it's hard, I know, right? Well, when I was a child, my dad uh, <laughs> brought me out in the, my dad brought me out in the garage and made, made me lift weights with him. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Just like your start, man. We're weird how that works. But, I know, right? Uh, so, uh, Shoot, where did I start? I mean, you know, I got into weightlifting. You know, Dad introduced us. What I was—I have no idea. I mean, he was living at Appling Lake, so yeah, it was what ten years old. He had you lifting weights and had us doing other stuff while you know y'all were lifting weights, and we'd sit out there and hang out. You know, mm-hmm. um, kind of family time, yeah, almost, right? Absolutely. I, I mean, then uh, he got what? We moved to Raleigh. He started making us lift with him, which it. it we never really discussed this, but Dad had an obsession with dips. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and then, like, never did pull-ups. And it took you, like, going to – if I'm not mistaken, it took you going to college, maybe, and you brought and you came back and you're like, why can't y'all do pull-ups? Yeah. Meanwhile, I could cra- crank out dips left and right. That was so funny. It's funny to think about. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, going back, he got us into lifting – High school came around. I was actually really small and really weak and uh, used to skip workouts. I'll never forget getting in trouble for skipping workouts my freshman year because I was embarrassed at how weak I was. But then, uh, you know, you went off to college. You were off to college. You came back. We started training. You taught me how to – you taught, taught me in quotes here because, you know, squats back then were still high. And, oh, yeah. We didn't know. Uh, it was before we either of us knew any better. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you got me – you got us into lifting a little bit more and – you know, sophomore year of high school, I, I hit my growth spurt, but I was lifting super hard, so I got pretty strong pretty quick. Um, you know, fast forward, wrestling, football, uh, when, you know, I went to app and tried to get out of, uh, tried to get into the football team. We got, we, we decided to put weight on me, but, you know, they didn't have a tryout for what, three and a half semesters. I got an email. I sent an email January of 2012 when I started app. And I got an email August of 2015, my last semester, saying, hey, we have a walk-on tryout. You should come. Yeah. So, uh, but that was, yeah. Anyway, um, I got to college. I started training with you, which, you know, I, I attribute a lot. Uh, when we when we started, I mean, I know you started with bigger names than I did, but, you know, I started lifting. My first training partner was you, yeah, Derek Wilcox, uh, Matt Smith. I mean, we were training in the – the lab gym at App State, and yeah. uh, that's where I pretty much learned how to squat, bench, and deadlift correctly. Um, you know, I had the I had the pleasure of lifting with a world record holder. I know, um, right? You know, so um, from there, what I, I didn't really compete in powerlifting. You actually, uh, you got me into Highland Games before I could compete in powerlifting. Really, I didn't remember um, that. That was how that but, timed uh, up. Yeah, what it was. You got your. You hurt your back. We ended up lifting. You know, we did that mock meet in the garage. 
Yep. I beat you by five pounds, and you're like, you need to get in the throwing. Because you had a- <laughs> I hear you. Well, let me ask you a couple questions that I that popped up that uh, kind of relate to that. Uh, so when, you know, or in a quick funny story, yeah. I remember, I think, being about four or five years old when Dad start, first started having me do dips. And here was the thought to it. We never had a pull-up bar. True. Um, so, you know, going back to when you started in high school, you obviously didn't really care for it as much. And I know I can remember you starting to get into it more towards your senior year. And then obviously coming up into at App State, it was kind of just flawless. You just, you know, went right into it. Speaking back on the App State days, what is something you think you took away from your time at App State? You got substantially stronger through college from when you walked in the door in college to by the time you left. What do you what do you think were the biggest takeaways you you got when you were in college learning to lift? Well, the first one was, you know, I, I had the opportunity to lift with Derek Wilcox and you, and mm-hmm. I had the chance. My first ever training partner, one of my first ever training partners, was the freaking world record holder. Mm-hmm. You know, lightest person to ever squat a thousand. Right. Um. You know, and, and so I got to see. I, I started to get to see. You know, that that. The first thing was being around the weight and being like, okay, a, a thousand. That's a lot of weight. Yeah, you know, and and it kind of started taking the governor off of what what you're capable of. Like 365 is a great squat, you know. No, 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 no. Look, dude, there's people out there squatting a grand. I know it was in gear, but still, you know, at the end of the day, it kind of it kind of took that away, you know, took that off absolutely out of my head. Took the governor out of my head as well as, you know, seeing how he trained. Of course, you know, I. <laughs> I laugh because it's the greatest thing ever. I used to go in and squat with y'all on Sundays. So what we do, we'd squat for two hours because y'all were geared lifters. Yep. And that was it. And so <laughs> Very little I, accessory work. Yeah. The, what? You do like GHRs, which no, I was never doing a G. I didn't learn to do, I couldn't do GHRs until I moved to Memphis. Um, yeah. Now they're a huge part of my programming. Mm-hmm. We just talked about that a couple weeks ago. That was funny. Right. So I, I had the opportunity to train with a world record holder and see what, it, what he did and understood the, you know, if going in and squatting. And then after y'all left, I had the opportunity to kind of start figuring stuff off on, just figuring stuff out on my own. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I wasn't really going off any programming. I was doing whatever I could figure out myself. You know, I was going in and I was just lifting weights and, you know, kind of just doing it for the love of it, which, you know, you can lose sometimes, but I'd roll in and, you know, I'd do back and by day with Ross Curley. We'd hit arms. I'd go in and I'd go and hit a five rep squat, five rep max squat every Friday, and then do an hour and a half of arm work with Ross Curley. You know, it was, <laughs> he wouldn't squat with me, but he sure did the arm work. There you um, go. <laughs> but uh, you know, I just learned. You know, I learned about working out hard, and also you know, not limiting yourself to numbers, and and you know, getting outside the realm of three fifteens a good bench. You know, I, I went from being the strongest bencher at my high school to here I am now and I, I'm nothing, you know, y'all were benching 550, y'all were benching 600, you know, I got the opportunity to be around that. Right. So that was, you know, that's huge. Environment. So, so the way I could maybe reword it is like your environment changed. And I think, I love the way that you put that, like it took the governor off, but the environment you were in is the thing you took away the most. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with my, that for me, um, in my first episode where I kind of talked about a little about my, about myself and that was, I said my training environment at Stratiform, being around those guys, and I learned so much more being under the bar around those guys than for me, it paired with my education. I learned so much more, you know, respectively to my education. Did uh, you name drop that group in that first episode? I didn't. You know, Mike Isertel, Dr. Mike Isertel. Dr. Mike was in that for a little bit. I didn't train with Mike a ton. But, but we then got you Dr. Derek. Dr. Derek Wilcox. Dr. Dr. Skinner. I should be a doctor. <laughs> yeah, you're the you're the trash of that group. Uh, Travis Gardner, who just you know was a record holder in a, in the sheaf toss and uh, pretty decent strongman. You got uh, Garrett Huffman, hell of a powerlifter, hell of a, a crossover athlete. You know, across the board, did has done some good weightlifting as well. Was and did was pretty successful as a CrossFitter. Did, he's did a, done a bunch. He's a hell of a bencher. You know, at yeah. the time you had uh, Doctor Pat Schaefer, another doctor. Pat was—I didn't train with Pat a ton. Doctor Pat Schaefer was there. We had 
uh, at the time, Joe Moose was a big geared powerlifter as well. We had it was Justin Lovegood good started training with that group, another yeah. great weightlifting. So we had, and we there's definitely some other guys that I mean, if they maybe listen to this, you got Mark Dillenbeck was another smaller, strong guy that just still freaking he's a hell of an athlete. It was it was a cool environment to be around. So to segue kind of that environment, when did you first compete? I mean, I think you said the Highland Games were first. Do you know? That was before, were you still at App State when you yeah. competed in your first Highland Games? And how long were you doing that before you moved to Memphis? Going back to that, I, I didn't know with the technical difficulty. So, yeah, you told me to get into it, and you were pushing me it because I got stronger than you. Um, I'm going to put that out there on the podcast right now. Throw I'm okay the- with it. I'm okay but, with uh, it. <laughs> but, yeah, you were, you were pushing me and pushing me, and I was like, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to wear that skirt, blah, 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 and then. You know, finally you were like, I'll get you a kilt. I'll find you a kilt to wear and I'll pay your entry fee. Or, or you were like, you're, we, you're yearly shag dues. So if you decide to do this again, which you will, you can have it. So anyway, it was uh, June of 2014. I went to uh, Clover uh-huh. the, and I competed at the Clover Highland Games with you. And I'll never forget that day. I couldn't pick a caber. I bombed on sheaf, went to Wob. I threw 14 feet in the Wob to win the event which also beat your PR. Yep. Then I went and I beat you by one inch in stone and placed second in stone. I won Wob. I placed second in stone. I threw a 12-foot heavyweight for distance, a 56 <laughs> for distance, a 24 lightweight for distance, and then I placed like fourth in heavy hammer with like 59 feet. It's amazing that you remember all those numbers, I'll be honest. Like yeah. I have no – well, I guess I have done this longer than you, but I don't remember my first game's numbers. Well, you know very the well. thing is, is I got I got so much crap, and it's so funny because like so many people gave me so much crap for the way I threw that games, and yep. it was like I didn't know anything. Like what we practiced a few times in the backyard, like there was no real expectation. I expected to not bomb on cheap and possibly, you know, well that was get Daniel Goulet was throwing spinning sheaf so he threw like 34 but I, I thought i'd do better in sheaf but like there was no like expectation and i'll never forget thor like just continuously thor gilfeson was always like you're you're terrible he's like i threw better than you when i weighed 160 in my first game <laughs> this type of stuff which you know but yeah i remember those numbers because of that but anyway yeah. through three games in 2014 doubled my numbers you know, through 24 feet in the heavyweight, through 48 feet in the lightweight. Yeah, so, like, I, I doubled my own numbers. That's the other reason I remember, because my first games and second games, I doubled. Yeah, that's um, awesome. But then uh, 2015 came around, and that's when Uncle Ted started his HGL series. Man, I, I almost forgot about that. I still have a sticker on my car, yeah. but I will, we'll talk about that in a minute. But he but, started uh, the series. He started the series, and uh, so I competed in – I competed – I didn't compete in powerlifting yet. I had just just gotten to the Highland Games. He started the series where he made the opportunity to win money and get an invite to his games, which was super prestigious in the southeast. It was a great weekend, blah, blah, blah. I got serious about it. We went out, and I went to – I went to Jacksonville, Florida with you. We drove down. We, we spent so much time in the car that year. Yeah, we did. Because you were, were you in college still? No. Uh, I don't think so. I think it was the first year I was out of, no, 2015 I was out of college. Yeah. Uh, that was when I interned with the Panthers. That, But that year, well, I had just finished college. No, no, no. I'd been yeah. out. I'd been out. I'd been out. What are you saying? Yeah. So, but, so, uh, but you were driving home from school, and then we were riding together. That's what it was. But anyway, so we go, we went to Jacksonville. And I won like every event except for I placed second in the heavyweight, I think. And then I placed dead last in the caber. And I lost the game. I placed second in the games because of that. Uh-huh. And you you were like, I was like, dude, I need to learn how to flip a caber, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I was going off to you. That was in February, I think. The that car was. ride home. Remember the, the car in the tree? The, yeah. the traffic? What oh, a yeah, nightmare. Yeah. yeah, Jesus. Which go kudos ahead. to you, you drove the whole time. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> go ahead. But anyway, uh, but yeah, I was like, you know, I, I was super down and I was pissed off because, you know, everybody everybody gave me crap for not turning a caber. Nobody, everybody's like, it's not a big deal to pick, pick a caber, blah, 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 you know. But uh, you went, I went back to school, you went home, you found a crap tree to cut down in the backyard that was like 10 feet, 40 pounds. 
I drove home one weekend and I, you know, I stayed at home. We trained together and you took me out and you taught me caber in about 20 minutes. You made me pick it, walk left, walk right, walk forward, walk back, drop it, flip it. You know, you made me do all that different stuff with it. And then I went to what it was like probably a month later. We went to Wilmington. That's where I turned my first caber. Um, I played second of that game because there's a, that dude was throwing a lot longer than I had. But then after that, I won every B game from then on out and then went A later that year uh, at Green Hill where I placed sixth. Yeah. But yeah, then uh, then I competed in powerlifting that June. That was my first powerlifting meet. So, so was six- that was that June? This is a year from your start of the Highland Games. Yeah, it was a year from the start of my Highland Games. It okay. was July. So it was a year from my start of my Highland Games. I had thrown like ten Highland Games at that point. Okay. July I competed. I hit sixteen fifty five total at two seventy five, which gave me an elite total at two seventy five in my first meet. Didn't really, you know, just it was like a it was a five. 70 squat, 465 bench, and a 620 deadlift. Okay. 620? Yeah. So I did that and then went back to competing a little bit in the Highland Games. I did like two or three more games, not much more. I just shut it down because I was in my last semester of college and wanted to not have to travel or do anything. Plus, there was like a weird, there's a weird year for games as well as, yeah, semester, last semester in college and football season. Yeah. Because I graduated in December. Right. Graduated in December. Graduated in December. Oh yeah, I, I just I feel remiss if I didn't say this. I picked up T Cummins as my coach for that powerlifting meet, and I uh, trained with him um, directly. I, I picked him up and I moved over here to Memphis for that internship, and I trained with him, and he kind of taught me a lot um, about you know competing. He taught me how to push myself, you know, even even more so to get the governor off because he was squatting eight hundred deadlifting 700, you know, and it kind of, I, I was around somebody that was a lot stronger than me again, because I had a lull from Derek Wilcox after Derek, there was no one that I was training with that was really stronger than me. Matt Smith. Yeah. He was, he was as strong as being we weird competitive, but he got, you know, he left school and went and became a cop. So I had no one pushing me, but I started training with T. Yeah. He built me that total. I competed later that year in November here in South Haven, Mississippi at a uh, powerlifting meet. I totaled like, I think it was 17, 17, 25 or something. I can't remember the total. Uh-huh. I went nine for nine. But I did another meet and then uh, graduated in December, moved to Memphis. Did another meet because I joined NBS and joined their powerlifting team where Christian Anto was. Um, that was another person who's been a huge influence on my powerlifting career. He, uh, he he programmed for me. I did another meet in April. Again, total went up some more. I think I totaled 17, 17, 25, whatever. Like, it was a PR total. I've PR'd my total every time I've competed in powerlifting. Okay. That's, That's great. Awesome. That's great. There's not a lot of people that can say that. I've, yeah. Well, yeah. But anyway, so uh, I competed that April, 475 bench, some other stuff. Uh, then we got back into competing in Highland Games. I threw with you at Glasgow, Kentucky. You came over to visit. We threw at Glasgow. That was my first games with Zach Riley. Yeah, that was the first games we met Zach Riley. I can't. Oh, that was that year. Holy shit. <laughs> that was 2016. Yep. No, I mean, if you once you get into that, that really, that's where I kind of turned into a Highland Games star. But here I am about to go back to powerlifting here soon. Anyway, we met Zach Riley, which, you know, at that time, Zach was. Not good. <laughs> well, yeah. was good, but not as good as he is now. Well, we were sitting there and we were like, "Who's this? Who's this chubby dude? That's that's <laughs> like he looks big and you know he's massive, but like how's he doing what he's doing?" And then and came he, off a broken foot. Yeah, he was like, "Oh, I'm six weeks post surgery. I just have I have you know I have screws in the side of my foot." And he ends up beating you and Matt Patterson, and I placed fourth that games. Yep. Um. I can't remember what else happened that year. I can't remember what games, what other games I threw. I do remember I competed in powerlifting again in September, and I qualified for the Arnold. And then uh, I pa- qualified for the Arnold in September of 2016. In October, in September of 2016, I threw at the St. Louis Highland Games as an A. I threw with the pros. Uh, the Miller brothers were there. Jeremy Gillingham and Nate Parker were all pros at St. Louis that year, and I, I got a chance to throw with them and compete with them and uh brent and brady miller who are up from nashville i i'd met them at we met them at uh at glasgow that year too because we took a picture with them mm-hmm. 
we met them and I met them and Zach Riley at that games. Um, and I'll never forget. I had the conversation with them after the games. They're like, you could be a lot better at this if you stop powerlifting. <laughs> that was the start right there, huh? Yeah. Well, that, that wasn't just the start. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's the groundwork. And, you know, Brady was very like, you need to come up to my house. I'll show you how to throw I'll make you good. I promise. You know, all you, I don't want any of your money. I just, I just want the opportunity to coach you. And he's like, I can help you. I promise. And, you know, I was like, okay, man, like I'm going to go compete at the Arnold. So how about, uh, <laughs> how about, how about you walk away? You know, I, I didn't blow him off. I was just like, okay, you know, uh, okay. Like I didn't think much of it. Well, two weeks later I threw the games at Murray, Kentucky and uh, I didn't sleep well before that games. It was just a, it was a weird night. And I was like, I- I'm going to go win this game. So it'll be pretty cool, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I'll never forget, I pulled up at that field. And I was like, man, uh, you know, this will be cool. I'll finish the year on a win, you know, leave. And damn, if I didn't get out of my car and see Zach Riley's big, dumb face. Um, <laughs> and I was just like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and he's like, I, want, I, I like throwing, so I'm going to throw. And I went there and, you know, I PR'd a bunch of events and uh, he pulled me aside of that games and he goes, hey, man, he goes, uh, he goes, you need to do this. He goes, you need to quit with that powerlifting crap. He goes, I'll coach you for free. I, he's like, I want you to, you need to be a thrower. This is, you need to be a thrower. You, the, the, you're, you're missing, you're missing way off. He's like, you can do a lot, have a lot more fun doing this and powerlifting. He's like, I'll, I'll, I'll help you any way I can. He's like, just quit powerlifting. And I was like, that's cool, man. I'm going to compete in the Arnold in March. So, I, I mean, maybe I'll think about it. And uh, he was like, well, you need, to, you need to not just think about it. You need to do it. You need to commit to Highland Games. You're going to be great. You're going to be great. You're going to be great. You know, there's no reason that you can't be a pro or a, you know, top guy at this sport. It, it, it came, it meant a lot coming from him because I'd thrown with him before. And, you know, it, he was obviously at the, that Games, he went like, 40, 85 in the weights. He threw like a 17 foot lob, you know, just did his crazy Zach Riley thing. Yeah. Like, cool. Oh, Hey, I did this once. Oh, I figured it out. Yeah. So he did his freak things there and, you know, he kind of sold me. I mean, he's Dr. Zach Riley, another doctor. Yeah. Another doctor. God, we're, I'm terrible. I have my bachelor's, (laughs) Um, but anyway, you know, so he, so he kind of convinced me there and I, I was like, whatever, you know, okay, I'll do it. Let me do the Arnold. So I did the Arnold in March of 2017, and uh, and I competed there. I totaled 18.25. I won the 275 class on Elite Day. Grandma got to watch me compete there. Yep. Let's see, what else? I hit my first 500-pound bench in competition. Yeah, I went 7 for 9. I missed the 700-pound squat, and I deadlifted 650, missed 665. Yep. I got done there. And I, Zach Riley was competing at the Highland Games over the Arnold because that was the first year back. And uh, I was like, all right, man, I'm done powerlifting. Your time to shine, bud. What do I do? And uh, he texted me what I should do. And it was just, it was like, bro. Yeah. yeah. He, he gave me a bunch of volume and, you know, told me just, he, he didn't really tell me, he didn't give me a bunch of volume. He's like, go out and throw. Go out and throw. Go out and throw. Just throw. He goes, there's nothing right now I can do for you until you actually are comfortable with the weight. So I went and I started throwing. That was in March. I think it was April was when we competed at Parton Day South. Mm-hmm. And it was me, you, Aaron, Thor. I think Thor was there. I went to that games after Zach started coaching me and I hit a PR heavyweight, which was 33 feet. I put... I hit a PR lightweight, which was 67 feet, which put me second in both weights, which I was awful at. I mean, going back to my first games, I went 12 and 24. And, you know, after that, I kind of was like a 28, 29 to 59, 58 to 60 foot lightweight thrower. So, you know, I was I wasn't good at the weights. Well, I came out and I hit 33, 67. I did, you know, well enough in the stones. I didn't eat that many points in the hammers. Um, I won caber, I bombed on sheaf, and then I threw a PR het wob at 16 feet and placed second to Aaron George that games. Yeah, it was at that point that I kind of finally bought into, wow, I, I am, I can be good at this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it was like, it was at that point and all those, all those throws look terrible. Looking back at every single one of those throws from that game, it was all awful. You know, it's funny as you progress, you think you're, you know, 
if you actually look back and yep. if you look at your current throws to what you were a couple years ago, it's like, wow, what a difference. And it was that point that I really got into it and I started buying into it in 2017. I think 2016, I was like 50th in the country. Uh-huh. Um, 2017, I finished 12th. And then uh, 2017 was when I went to Worlds and I placed second at Worlds. I beat Skyler, um, which, you know, Skyler's a great thrower. So at that point, it was like, oh, wow, I, I am, I, I'm actually, you know, I started to I started to compete with people that I thought were a lot bit better than I was, and I started to I, I kind of started to break the mold of thinking I was you know my numbers were I started to figure out that I was better than what I was. Right. Same thing with the governor, like you had in powerlifting. Yeah. And that was that was something that Zach Riley told me. He was like, you know, there was so long that I thought was thirty sixty was good weights. And Zach was like, no, 30-60 is not good weights. He goes, 40-80 is good weights. If you hit those, those are, you're good. He said, above those, you're great. And if, you know, being consistent at 40-80, you are, you're, you're good. You know, great, greatness is above that. So he kind of put that in my mind of, hey, you know, this is where you, this is where you should be. So yeah, I mean, I went out and I placed second there at Worlds. Yeah, and then uh, leading it, into 2018, what happened in 2018, and then how how about 2019? Well, 2018, I went and I competed at the North South. I placed fourth there. To Ross Buncheck was third, Gary Randolph was second, and Zach Riley was first. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it was like I had a really bad heavyweight. I threw like 3410 when in practice I was hitting 38 feet. And if I had a 38-foot heavyweight that day, I probably would have placed third. Right. And it was like, it was at that point I was like, no, I'm not going to not, like, I'm not going to go to a games and not podium. You know, it was, it, that was, that like, that bothered me. That hit me to my core that I was, you know, that, that, that one, like, that one hurt. Yeah. Because I, I, I trade, I was driving up to Brady Miller's. I was driving six hours every once every weekend. I was driving on a Saturday or Sunday. I'd drive three. I'd, I'd wake up, drive three and a half hours to go throw with Brady, spend about five or six hours with him, and then drive the three and a half hours home. And then you know, so so like I put in a lot of work, and you know, he that that's when I when I started seeing him. It was August 2017. I started seeing him, mm-hmm. and um, you know, he started putting some nuances in there that was that really turned the corner for me and helped me understand things. Started to cue me differently. So I, and there it is again, I'm training with someone that's better than me personally. You know, he was, he's a better thrower than I am. So there, you know, there's the other, there's another thing that helped me succeed. But, uh, so I went there and I, I felt like I could have done better. I went to the Arnold. I placed second at the Arnold because of that pole push event. I technically won overall, but they had whatever, you know. Pole push. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No one cares. Oh. Move on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stupid uh, pole push. Yeah, it's an so, event that I would never. Let's talk about that. It's an event that I would personally never want to do, and that's gonna. Some people are like, "Oh, whatever, you're not manly." Uh, if you analyze strength sports as a whole, as I have quite often, there's certain events that have high risk with not that great a high reward. And an event like a pole push, an event like a tire flip, or and then even now, um, one that I I actually have been competed and enjoyed moss wrestling. But it's it's risky as well. Um, those events are risky for things like bicep tears, even like like Atlas Stones without tacky. Risky for bicep tears. All well, those get, all ooh. those events do not bode well for being great for the competitors. Well, I didn't I didn't know I was pole pushing, so I didn't have shoes. Uh-huh. I had had my throwing shoes with me, so I was on rubber mats on throwing shoes. So I was on ice skates. Yeah, and then the dude I was you know, doing it against had done it the year before and had like, you know, someone showing them how to do it. Right. They didn't tell me anything. They were just like tape up. I had John Anthony go, Hey man, you might want to tape up your fingers cause it's going to cut up your hands. Like that was, that was the extent of any help I got. Uh huh. So they ended up just, you know, I got thrown to the wolves. No, to anyone that would ever have to do a pole push in an event. There you go. Yeah. Um, where bring basketball shoes. I don't know, depending on your surface, but, uh, so yeah, play second at the Arnold, you know, continued to have a really good year. In 2017, I followed Zach Greiley around. I forgot to mention that and got my butt beat. And I threw, he threw 20 games. I threw 20 games. And I think 10 of, or I threw 17 or 18 of those games. 
And I threw seven training team games. I competed against him in 10 of them and didn't win, obviously, because he was the number one guy. Right. Um, I didn't have any wins to my name that week, that year, but I threw against the top guy week in and week out and got continuously better. Then uh, 2018 was when I played second with Arnold, went on, played second at Iron Thistle. You know, that was a that was a pretty I, – I, that's a big game in my opinion, and I was pretty pleased with that. Um, you know, started to understand my weaknesses and my strengths. You know, started to understand Wob, Sheaf, heavyweight for distance, lightweight for distance here and there. You know, I, I started to learn that I'm really bad at stones and I'm really bad at hammers. Um, started to work on those, ended up going to Minnesota that year, placed second to Kyle Lilly, who beat the brakes off of everyone. That wasn't even close. But yeah, I threw uh, 18 feet in the WAP to place second there, um, which was a pretty proud moment of mine. And then off season of 2018, I started, I went back to training with, I trained with uh, Brady. Um, I was doing my own programming, conjugate. And I was having, I had a really good off season. Went into 2019, North South won it, beat Dunbar. Colin Dunbar placed second. Corey Summers placed third. Yeah, uh, helped Team South win a win that. Went to the Arnold, won the Arnold. Um, went to Minnesota later last, this year. Hit that, hit the Sheaf record there at 35-6. 20 pound um, Sheaf. 20 pound Sheaf, yeah. Then went to uh, place third at Pleasanton because I took too many edibles. Uh, yay california hey my first time taking edibles i did 35 milligrams and i was yeah i took 35 milligrams at like 9 p.m the night before and i i didn't i didn't realize how how messed up i was until after i threw stone and i'm not a good stone thrower but there was a lot going on that was wrong (laughs) i couldn't do anything but uh i mean i i hey you know eric bergeron threw great and kyle McKelvey threw great they you know they beat me, and yeah, but yeah, I got really high. That was funny. Um, threw 20-pound sheep at Estes, threw 36 feet. Finished last year, I threw every games over every heavyweight for distance. Every 56 weight for distance, I threw over 40 feet. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I finished off a – I had a pretty good year in my opinion, and uh, yeah, puts me here going into USA Scotland 2020. So you finished ranked first on NASGA. What finished were – Ranked first on NASGA in 2019 as an amateur. You set you set and then reset the 20-pound sheaf record. Didn't throw under 40 feet in a single games in the heavyweight. What were your PRs in the other events? Braymar, I threw 41. Open Stone, I threw 50. Heavyweight for distance, 45-4. I hit 45 twice last year. Very proud of that. That was, a, that was something that I'm very proud of that. Um, 82 lightweight, 105 heavyweight hammer. 123 light hammer, 36 foot 20 pound sheaf, 38 6 16 pound sheaf, and then 18 foot wob. All right, some small numbers, not really. Uh, absolutely op- opposite of small numbers. Would have probably if if those were numbers thrown as a pro, probably top right at top top five, uh, maybe top ten pro numbers. I don't know exactly. I haven't exactly analyzed that out. But basically, you're you're looking at making some changes. Uh, you mentioned powerlifting. What's up with that? Um, so with the whole Highland Games Pro Circuit thing, um, getting the invites and whatnot, and, and the off-season, there's a lot of things that are going through my head right now because I'm trying to go jump, make the pro jump in 2020 after USA Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, currently have my first invite to Grandfather Mountain, so I don't know what I'm doing in the spring other than making sure my body feels great. I'm um, going to kind of take time until I figure it out if I get any invites. I'll still be throwing. Um, training is going to change a little bit. Um, but uh, I have a, I've a—I've been fighting really bad patellar tendonitis to the point that I can't really – I haven't been able to throw um, much of anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's, it hurts when I sleep. I mean, it's, it's not – yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty rough, and I've pushed it and pushed it. And, you know, over the past three years, throwing 20, 20 games year-round, not really having an off-season because my first game is in January, my last game is in November – you know, it, it's just kind of compounded, and I've gotten three years older, so that doesn't help. But, uh, yeah, with the whole pro thing going on, uh, I haven't secured invites yet, so I'm actually eyeing some powerlifting meets probably at the end of the year because that'll be around off-season time. And I want to get back on the platform. I, my best total so far is 18.25, and 
I want to hit 19 to 2,000. My, my life goal is a 2,000 pound total. Uh, don't care about, I mean, don't care about the weight. I'll probably do it 275 because um, I don't want to be over 300 pounds because that hurts. But yeah, I mean, I'll probably, I plan to, I plan to hit a powerlifting meet sometime in 2020. Okay. Uh, now let me ask you kind of a couple questions related to some of that. And I, you know, one of the things I mentioned to you and what I've mentioned about this podcast being about is training. So we're going to talk about training here in a minute, but with your goals of powerlifting, how has your training kind of evolved over, you know, what were you doing when you first started the Highland Games? Because it seems like you've predominantly trained for the Highland Games since 2014. So past five years, really, you've done a couple powerlifting meets, but predominantly competed a lot more in the Highland Games. How has your training evolved from when you started to what do you think led you to, let's just say, getting so good in the Highland Games to what does your training look like now or what did it look like leading into, you know, world record numbers and a world championship this year? <laughs> um, I mean, you, you said 2014. I've been I was a power lifter until 2017 that after I competed that March of 2017. I, I did all powerlifting work. I didn't do anything besides like, and you're talking like, I, I mean, I, it was conjugate triphasic. There was this crazy thing that, uh, Christian Nanto wrote. Um, you had conjugate to it. You had triphasic days to it. Um, it was a six, it was a nine day mesocycle, two heavy days, two medium days and two light days, light days or speed days. But, uh, after 2017, when I, when I committed, I hired Christian Nanto personally as a coach and he built me into con he built me a conjugate program and I followed that and it got me stronger, but also I feel like it got me a little bit faster and, you know, started making me a little bit, it was more athletic and different muscles. Nothing crazy. With, you know, you mentioning muscles and athletic and, and you, you said, two, I know you've dropped 275. So what, and you said 300 Hertz. So what has your body weight been over the course of your strength career? I mean, I, you're six foot, three ish. Yeah. Yeah. And what's your body weight been and, and, and talk about how you think body weight affects strength sports. So I was, I, I competed my lightest competition was March, uh, was that Arnold. I competed at, I uh, weighed in at 267, I think, or 268. It's the lightest I've ever weighed in for a, uh, powerlifting meet. Mm -hmm. Fun fact. Um, but anyway, I, uh, after that, I didn't worry about it. I, I ended up blimping up to 280, um, started working with Christian uh, after Christian, I picked up Zach. I, I, I worked with Christian. I had success, but uh, Zach was like, let me do your off-season programming. And he, he murdered me with volume. It was like five sets of 10 of squats, five sets of 10, or supersetted with five sets of five of box jumps. And it was just like, it murdered me with volume. And I got up to 300 that off-season between 2017 and 2018. And my body was just like, oh, like I, I didn't, I just hurt my knees, you know, just everything kind of hurt. Um, but, uh, after, after 2018, after the 2018 central Florida games where I placed, what was that fourth that year? Yeah. Yeah. It was two years ago. I, uh, I ended up dropping my body weights hung out around 290. I, I, I've, I've very, I've gotten up to 298, 300 and I've been as low as 279 to yeah. 279. I competed at the Arnold this year at 279 the Arnold 2019, I competed at 279. So I find that I throw best around 290. Um, mass moves mass. I mean, there's outliers. Gary Randolph's a great thrower. Nathan Burchett's a great thrower. Um, but, you know, for me personally, I've found that 290 is probably right where I can throw the heavyweight pretty well, um, but I also can throw the lightweight pretty well. I think if I get scared to lose much more weight because, you know, where I'm at with my heavyweight and everything. Okay. So what about, you know, what, so you, you trained conjugate for a while. What do you, what have you done? Let's, let's talk about 2019. This was an ins incredibly successful year for you in, in the Highland games. What was your training like all year? Do you train the same every week? Does it change based off of how do you peak or, or do you do something different for that? How, how is your training, you know, how much throwing do you do versus lifting? Oh man, you're asking me a lot of questions. I know it's a lot, but I, I, you know, I figure they they kind of all relate to one another. So, so we'll start we'll start with early 2019. I mean, I'm very conjugate. Um, I'd carry overfelt right in my speed days because I I wanted something different. 
Um, he wrote my speed days into the Arnold, and then I ended up taking over my speed days after the Arnold. And it was it's basically been all conjugate all year up until after I, I started getting really bad tendonitis after Charleston or at Charleston right around that time where there was that week I spent 30 hours in the car, squatted at your gym, threw two games, just stuff that leads to really, really not good recovery. But anyway, I, uh, I was all conjugate. I tore my pec in April of 2019, ended up throwing seven weeks later. It was everything's everything's been I squat heavy on Mondays. I do a bench heavy session on Wednesdays or Tuesdays, depending on if I had a games that week, I'd do it on Tuesdays and then a speed lower on Thursdays. So it'd be, you know, box squats, jumps, all that type of stuff. I do jumps on the Monday. Um, that was for a games week. I'd also go out and throw, depending on what I threw the week before, cause I threw 18, 19 games this year. So depending on what I threw the week before, um, how I threw would be the basis of my, my throws that week. So I'd always throw stone. I'd always throw a hammer and I'd always throw a weight. Um, Mike Beach actually, uh, I forgot to mention him. Um, but who cares about Mike? Uh, <laughs> he, he did my, he did my throws for most of 2018 as well. So he, shout he, out, he, shout out Mike Beach and throw bros. I gotta, want to give out. Mike the shout. No, don't give him shout out. No, no, screw that guy. He's like, <laughs> 200 pounds. Okay. So he's basically the toy. He's in the toy division of the Highland Games. Let's be real. Hey, I've I've been successful in the toy division. In the toy division? Yeah. Not, I, I'm not 6'3", 290. I'm over here at 5'11". Thanks, Dad. I, I, can't, I can't grow that one. I could get 290, but I would not move well at 290. You know, uh, but yeah, uh, he actually, he, he's, a, he's been a very good coach. He, he was having me throw a stone uh, weight and a hammer each week. He kind of taught me that less is more. You know, I also had several conversations with Spencer Tyler and Dan Tennyson, both kind of both of them as I've crossed paths with them this year. They both kind of were like, yeah, man, as you get into this more, you start throwing less. And, you know, it's more about staying healthy and just making sure everything's sharp and clean. Mike's kind of backed me off because I was I was to the point where I was still throwing. I'd go out Monday went before Mike. I would go out Monday, throw both weights, go out Tuesday, throw a hammer or both hammers, and then Wednesday I'd throw stone, and then Thursday I'd throw a stone, open stone, both weights, and a light hammer. So, like, that's what I was doing up until this year, and I kind of backed off, and I focused a lot on recovery, especially after my pet. I hired Jared Skinner as my coach. I ran across him up in July up in uh, Boone, North Carolina. Dr. Jared Skinner uh, had him take over. I talked to him. At a, at a brewery and I had a lot of people giving me a lot of different things for my peck and telling me I don't need to worry about bench. Well, I built my bench up to 500 pounds. 520 was my PR. I, I don't want to, I didn't want to just give it away, just be done with it. Um, I love benching. It's, it's one of my strengths. It's a, it's something I'm really good at. So I had people being like, don't worry about bench or don't even think about bench and this and that and this and that. And, you know, I, I talked to Jared at a brewery and I was like, Hey man, what do you think? And he goes, there's no reason you can't get to where you are. And sure enough, I worked with him. I hired him in July and I just benched on December 31st of 2019. I benched 475, seven and a half months post pec tear. So, uh, shout Not, out to him. It, it was, yeah, absolutely. That's a phenomenal. Now it wasn't a full pec tear, right? You got I mean, a partial muscle and partial tendon tear. Yeah. And not, so, and not, no surgery, right? No surgery, yeah, but okay. I do have partial tendon damage. Um, it could go at any time at both my, Proximal bicep partial tendon tear as well as partial pe uh, partial muscle tear, muscle belly tear, right. as well as my pec. So I I tore both my bicep and pec at tendon the same time. and muscle belly at the same time doing a 200-pound dumbbell bench. Yes, I should mention that in here. <laughs> Don't, do that. <laughs> Don't do that. So so that, and I know this so we can share it, is that's kind of your first major real injury. You know, yeah. this knee crap, you had a little bit of a hip crap in the pain in the past, uh, your glute or, or whatever that was. And, and now you've kind of run into uh, uh, your knees giving you fits after this pec thing. So I think that's obviously, and I've talked with numerous people, one of the, the baseline aspects of being a great strength athlete is can you have a long career that is minimal injury? It does not fit for me. Would you agree with that statement? Oh, yeah. I, I think that, you know, if you look at where I've come to, I mean, 
that's something that Zach said to me, you know, when I started working with him, he goes, if you just stay healthy, that's, that's the name of the game. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it, and it's something that you always preach five pound PRs and you're every 10 week cycle. That's 50 pounds a year, 25 pounds a year. And if you do that for 10 years, you'll have like a thousand pound total PR, you know, <laughs> that's what you always freaking preach. And that's, I mean, it's true though. At the end of the day, if you, it, it's whoever stays healthy, those the longest you can have throwers come out. Hell, there was a few throwers that have come out and I've seen that have thrown better than I have, but they've had tears and this and that. And, you know, they're no longer in the games and, you know, it's same with powerlifting. You have great powerlifters come out, they start blowing stuff off and, they're no longer powerlifters. So, yeah, injury, being injury and, you know, focusing on that. Uh, the night before I tore my pec, I actually bought my house on Thursday. I bought my house. So, you know, Friday I had stuff going on at work and I ended up drinking Friday night and didn't hydrate. And then I went in Saturday and I decided to play with dumbbells. And, you know, that's my own damn fault. I didn't hydrate enough. I didn't take care of my body and I paid the price. Yeah. yeah. So, Other than... You know, staying injury free. What do you feel like made the biggest difference in your gym training and your event training? Like, what are like the underlying principles with Garrett Blatnick's training that's made the biggest difference? Underline? Can you can can you reword that a little bit? I know you kind of mentioned the environment. You were always around somebody that's been stronger than you. But is there anything else? Like, I don't know how to. I don't know how to word it. Like, what's what makes the biggest difference in Garrett Blatnick's event training? I know you kind of said you just did less is more, you know, have you focused more on event training or more on gym training over the past year? And what, what are you, what have you tweaked and changed in that? Do you feel like has led to more progress? Okay. Um, so what I have, what I've, what I've learned is, so like my, I don't want to say my training's changed much, but, but what I've done is I've adjusted with like, my throws in my heavy squats, you know, depending on, depending on where I'm at and what I'm, you know, what I'm feeling that day. Um, you know, if, if I know I'm going to do this, uh, if I know I'm going to go out and throw hammer, I'm going to go throw hammer before I bench, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to adjust things so that they don't like, so that they don't affect, I can go squat heavy and throw weights. I actually see a great, I, I see something great. I can squat, you know, whatever, a 600, I can have a 600 pound back squat and go out and throw big numbers in my heavy weight, you know, but, but if I go in and I bench before I throw hammers, I can't, I can't do that. I, I've just adjusted my training depending on what I'm doing, depending on where I need to work. So it's just been, it all depends on, you know, what I feel like I need to work. For okay. So you, you would say your training has a little bit of flow to it. You're no, you don't stick to, like, obviously you've kind of mentioned you really enjoy conjugate and have trained conjugate for a while, but you don't, you don't necessarily say, oh, I have to squat this number this day and throw this this day. You kind of let your training flow a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. So I don't have a, I mean, I have Jared's my coach for my bench, but I, I write, I write the rest of my program. So, I mean, if I want to... <laughs> This off season for, is a great example. You know, I haven't been throwing much, so if I want to go hit a back day, I'm going to go hit a back day. Uh-huh. You know, do some back and biceps. It never. Oh, well, sorry, back, no biceps. <laughs> so if I want to do something, I just go do it. But like, you know, I I know I get to adjust stuff the way I don't have to feel bad. You know, I used to have a coach and I used to have him write stuff, and whenever I wouldn't do stuff, I'd feel bad, and you know, okay, but it it helped my it helped my throwing. So yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we're getting close to an hour here. Let's, you know, looking at wrapping this up and obviously you and I will have multiple other conversations, especially shoot. It'd be fun to do a quick recap episode of how USA Scotland goes and kind of talk a little bit more in depth in the future about some of the other specifics, some of the fun stories we have from some of the Highland games, like talking about the HGL, the, the trips we had, the, the Leger Invitational, everything that's kind of gone on through your training career. I'd love to delve into some of those stories a little bit later. But uh, what do things look like? You kind of hinted at it a little. At what are your goals for 2020? Like, what's your year look like? You know, you mentioned at least a powerlifting meet and at least one pro games. You know, what's that look like? And then what what does maybe the next five years look like for Garrett Black? You're like getting a long term shit, man. Stop. <laughs> you always always have to do that. So for me, 2020. 
right now I've been trying to secure invites. I sent out a bunch of emails. I've done, you know, I'm doing my due diligence as a pro attempting to go pro and uh, we'll see what I get back. Um, but, you know, as for now, I haven't really thought much. I mean, pretty much as if you go pro pro, the goal is to get to the Celtic classic. Okay. So, so that's kind of where my goal is right now is just, I don't really have any numbers I want to hit. I don't really, you know, I, I have a lot to figure out. I'm going to go throw this USA Scotland trip. I'm going to go go on a cruise and then, you know, do get away for a minute and then really try to figure out what I, what I want to do, what my goals are and, you know, figure out how to get this knee healthy and keep it healthy. So, yeah, I want to, I, I would like to go win, win a pro games this year, I guess would be a goal. Qualify for the Celtic Classic. I would like to hit a 2,000 pound total if it's, a, we'll see if it's in the cards or not. It, that's, that's the goal in powerlifting. Yeah, get back on the platform there. Five years from now, hopefully, you know, I'll have secured a lot of games. Hopefully I can be a pretty, I want to be a long-term pro and want to be a household name, you know. I want to throw a lot of games and, you know, I want to be what your Chuck Casson is and what your Spencer Tyler and all those guys, Nathan Burchett. I want to be one of those pros that have been in the sport for seven years, had success. But also, I'd like to make sure that I do hit that 2,000-pound total on the platform if possible for... Gotcha. All right, so last question before lightning round. I love this question, and it relates to – you can relate it to just about any field. So and as we've talked about this a little bit, but with what you know now, what would you do different back then with what you know now? And back then can be at any point in time. You could say when you started training for strength sports, when you did your first Highland Games three years ago, a year ago, what would you do different? Huh. I mean, I mean, you you really? I'm just kidding. But <laughs> what would I do different? Well, I wouldn't bench 200 pound dumbbells earlier this year. That would be my. <laughs> that would be my. Uh, that would be my one. My one thing. Um, what would I do different, man? I mean, I, I I am where I am because you know what I've been through. I mean, I guess I guess back several years ago, maybe I would have taken more time to do more more accessories, built more of a base. Um, I, I regret not being as volume heavy and, you know, something I'm watching. I'm watching my, my buddy, my training partner right now, Josh McNeil. Dude's a phenomenal athlete, but he's sticking to powerlifting because he has uh, knees that are made out of wet paper towels and he's old. <laughs> so, but I'm watching this dude blow up on the powerlifting, you know, I'm watching him blow up on the platform and he's just training so damn smart. Uh, his He had a longtime coach was Christian Anto. Had him going through as a powerlifter. Um, he's doing cycles where he's doing bodybuilding, hypertrophy work, doing strength blocks, going into meets and doing meat cycles. Only competing twice a year, but you know his years kind of plotted out very well. And watching this dude, I mean, he's making just he's making phenomenal gains. I mean, that's the only way to say it. Um, mm-hmm. Watching the dude, I mean, it, <laughs> you know, he walked into the gym. He was a dumpy ex NCAA football player that, you know, he was a humble dude, but you know, he's just a dumpy, you know, dude. And now he's built like a freaking shit bear house. And, you know, he's a great, I I mean, he's going to be, he's probably going to hit 1900 to 2000 pounds in his next meet in May. So just having a more structured training uh, program and being smarter about it over the years. I know I've gotten to where I am and I've been successful, but I've also put a lot of miles on my body and, and done some stupid things. I've also not trained as hard when I should have trained, you know, it's just, yeah, being more structured with it. So, you know, having more of an off season, having more strength blocks, having, having more stuff written out and built a little bit better. Awesome. Well, we're going to go ahead and look to wrapping this up. So we did this back and this is going to go throwback to my blood and iron podcast. And that is we did lightning round questions, which are, you know, what have their quick answers, one, you know, one word answers right off the top of your head. We're going to try to go off them really quick and kind of finish and wrap this up. Are you ready? Uh, sure. Oh, and these, uh, what's his name does these too? Tom Sroka on his podcast does these too. All right. First question. Favorite food or restaurant? <laughs> really, dude? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say uh, pizza at uh, X-Line's Best Pizza in uh, Memphis. There you um, go. Area locations here in Memphis, Tennessee. We have the uh, Memphis style pizza. It comes with a lot of raw meat on it um, that's cooked to perfection and uh, has great sauce and cheese. And, you know, just so happens that uh, 
I'm the president of it. So yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. I kind of, I hope I, I kind of like lobbed that one up for you to knock out of the park. Thanks for the plug. There you go. Right. We we're yeah. even going to get to a plug section, but you took over. You're not the connoisseur I am, but I've got to ask this question because I love beer. What's your favorite beer? Memphis made fireside. I, I hate being that way. Um, that's what I like to drink when I'm hanging out. Of course, you know, if I'm trying to get drunk, Bud Light. Anyway. <laughs> All right, wait, wait. Memphis made fireside. What is 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 that? Uh, what brewery? Memphis made. Memphis made is the name of the brewery. Okay. And what kind of beer is the fireside? It's a uh, amber. It's an amber yeah. ale. Okay. Yeah, it's an amber ale. I'm gonna have to have you pick some up, bring it to Dad, and bring it to me, so I can try it. And all right, what's your favorite lift to perform? Dude. Yeah, you can pick one lift for the rest of your life. This is this is it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I I'll go with bench press. Yeah, the bench press. I knew that was coming. <laughs> I, dude, deadlifts are so fun. I've gotten I've just grown to you know, I hated certain lifts and I've grown to love the deadlift. I've had a lot of success lately on that. Squats are always fun. I mean it's just yeah, but bench is my baby. That's where my total is. All right. Bench, huh? All right. And then last one. Favorite place you've traveled for a competition? I guess you could also say what would be your favorite competition you've done. That kind of is about the same. Oh, yeah, no, if you go to favorite place I traveled, it was definitely Colorado. Favorite place was Colorado. Okay. Was it yeah. just, ju- that was, okay, just the whole trip or the games? All right, that was a games. Games specifically? Uh, well, oh. All right, Colorado's favorite place. What's been your favorite actual competition? Well, are you talking like? What do you mean by asking that? When, what I want to be what you because I'm your damn brother. I know. Right? Enjoyed so. the most. So I know, like, obviously, like some people are going to say, "Oh, well." Uh, for me personally, when I competed at the Arnold, it was cool to compete at the Arnold. It was, you know, that was a big honor, but I bombed out, so it wasn't my favorite powerlifting competition. But like, you know, like I've enjoyed. There's there's some trips like I've enjoyed compete. I've, my favorite place to travel for competitions so far has been Colorado. But most fun I've had at a competition, that's going to change. I, I'm, it, dang, I might say Minnesota this year was might be my favorite. It was that one's up there, even though I finished yeah. tied for last. I still had so much fun. I mean, uh, dude, it's all the all the big games. I mean, I can't uh, see. I had fun at Pleasanton. I had fun at Estes. I had fun at Minnesota. I had fun at North South. Ooh, hmm, 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 hmm. All right, let's word it this way for you, since I know it's going to be Highland Games related. If you if you could tur- if you turn pro and you could only go back to one AM games a year, which one would it be? <sighs> dude, I'm going to say North South. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, it's just dude that games. I, I mean, the reason. See, you get back into when I was introduced to the sport. I was introduced a lot differently than a lot of other people. I was introduced to Travis Gardner, who was on North, who was. It was a part of North South, and I was taught from him and Shane and those people in the South that North South was like the biggest honor. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know what Minnesota was until three years in or two years in. Right. So it was like that was the that was the games, and you know, to be a part of North South was a was a big you know was a big honor. And you know, last year I was able to bring home the team South, you know, title to the South, you know, and just. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of history there. A lot of big time throwers are thrown there. Also, you know, a really fun games. You do the hot tub after. I mean, it's it's just a fun games. It's okay. a fun experience. So, but Minnesota's a close second, man. John Anthony and Eddie Johnson have been the last two years with me, and <laughs> those uh, two are a trip. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah. Oh, dude, that's oh. Uh, I, uh, one of those two. Don't don't make me pick. Okay, that's fine. Put um, a gun to my head and kill me. Just kill me. Yeah. All right, man. Well, um, we're gonna go ahead. This has been just over an hour. I'm gonna try to keep them, you know, around about an hour. Obviously, you and I could talk for days and reminiscing on a bunch of this stuff. And you know, we'll definitely do some catch up episodes. Uh, I'm I know I'm doing a seasonal format, but I don't care. I get to run it how I want it. So if if I want to do an update, I'll do that. That's that's because it's mine and I get to do that. But. Before we hang up, obviously at the end of every episode, people do the shout out thing. So kind of, do you want to shout anybody out, thank anybody and or where can people find you on social media or get a hold of you if they want to chat with you about your training, their training, stuff like that? I'm on Instagram, Facebook, 
I'm your, bro- uh, you know, the the last name's the same, Garrett, just different first name. So, um, what's your I'm Instagram? Instagram G Blatnik. There you go. The shout out. I mean, there's so many people to shout out. Uh, but yeah, Hossware, those are my guys. I know they're training in your gym right now, just being lunatics. Yep. Um, shout those guys out. They, I think I was their first sponsored athlete or one of their first sponsored athletes. And they're, they're bringing a WWE guy here Friday morning. Who is it? Otis? Yeah. What's the other one? Tucker. Tucker. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those guys won't, they haven't, they've come to Memphis and they're not coming to X-Line. So I got a bone to pick with them. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. Um, a uh, shout out to those guys. They sponsored me back when I think I was their first sponsored athlete and they've taken care of me and, you know, been behind me the whole time. Yeah. So. All right. Well, bro, good catching up, talking a little bit different than what our normal daily talks are. Not too much, but, you know, when we catch up, you know, every day, every other day, it's a little (laughs) more basic. This is kind of cool to reminisce with you. So it's been cool to, you know, from my perspective, being able to watch you grow and follow and, you know, surpass anything I've been able to do in strength sports. And and it's just I, I think I get just as much enjoyment out of your victories, if not more, just being happy for you, man. And, and I'm, I'm going to hate and this is kind of the alluding of I'm going to hate not getting to throw with you much anymore. So I've got to get my ass better to join your ranks to get uh, that's your job now is you got passing the torch so I can get back to throwing with you. Yeah, well, you know, you set the bar. And at the end of the day, that's what you do as the older brother. You get to set the you get to set the bar, and all I got to do is just either well, I'll, I shatter it because I go above and beyond. But uh, you You're know, you set dick. the bar <laughs> as to where we go, and uh, that's all older siblings set the bar. And but no, I uh, yeah, it's gonna. I kind of it kind of sucks because yeah, we've been throwing together for five since years. You started, yeah, yeah, since I started. Shit, since I started, you're exactly right. But we've thrown a you know we had those first couple of years where we drove to every competition together. We've thrown at least shoot five competitions a year together. Yep. Um, you know, we've kind of, kind of done a lot in the Southeast and made a name for ourselves. So yeah, but Hey, you know, who says you can't come up and join me up top, up in the pros and get paid to do this silly sport. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, we'll end it there. And, uh, I thank you. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you later. All right. Bye.